Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. I am your host, Larry. Uh, and I'm your other host, Justin. We are coming in on a short week. Uh, Justin yes. is getting ready to take off to Summer Games Fest, correct? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so the probably a shorter episode, not because of uh, anything other than I haven't done a whole lot. <laughs> you know, and well, the, yeah. Well, I mean, we recorded, what, like three days ago? Yeah. So. Um, but it's kind of like only like the, the notes we are doing last exorcism. Justin was able to get his hands on a copy, so that's what we'll be talking yes. about. Um, but Jay, what's been new with you? Anything you want to talk about? Yes, I. Uh, the only really notable thing I did, um, besides fuck, the mosquitoes are really bad here right now, <laughs> and I feel like I have a fucking hundred mosquito bites. Um, uh, the only thing I did really. I had like sick kid and stuff, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I rolled credits on Zelda. You beat it. Yes, that is what I wanted to tell you that I beat. Okay. It. I beat okay. Zelda. And <sighs> magical. Like, okay. I'm not gonna say what or how or any. I'm not gonna give any of that away. But easily the most like intense ending. Uh, not only like boss fight wise, but like kind of the gauntlet to get to that boss fight. Okay. Okay. And what happens? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's who? Oh man, it's good. <sighs> okay. You like? I I know you want to kind of like slow play it because there's nothing really on the horizon. Yeah. On the horizon, dude. You you have like I highly suggest uh you mainline this game not mainline it in a way as in like you know like kind of i understand don't do all the other stuff but like (laughs) see the ending because it, it does the thing where uh breath of the wild did where you finish it and it kind of like has an autosave like before you go do the last yeah, thing. Yeah, so you, you can go like, right before the final boss run. Yes. Um, I will say I do think because I we've talked we okay, the game is a bit the master sword, right? Yes, we know of that. course, of course. Um, I think this because I don't think Breath of the Wild made you get the Master Sword. No, you said I had enough hearts to go pull it out if you went into the forest. I've tried a couple ways to cheese my way into the forest. I tried, like, skydiving into it, and that didn't work. And then I tried walking into it proper, and that didn't work either. Yeah, there's a way you gotta get in there. But yeah, I, figured. I will say, I'm pretty sure that this game is meant to be beaten with you having the master sword during that last fight yeah i figured yes with how it was important at the beginning i figured it would come back in in the end yes yeah okay okay well what else uh i i mean i watched last exorcism (laughs) uh and that is it because it's been three days i actually have no tv and no movies so i'm right there with you yeah uh i've been continuing my um dailies at ptcg live um the new set comes out on the 9th, and I think that's when the new season starts, too. Okay. On the 9th, really? I'm surprised they don't have anything, like, 
9th is Summer Games Fest. I'm surprised they don't have anything there. Well, I was surprised, too, after you mentioned that Magic was doing a thing there. But, I don't know, Pokemon's, and like, a, Pokemon's a weird company, dude. They Yeah. Well, do you I know, make like, money uh, no matter what the hell you do? Like, you can literally, like I said, shit in a hand and I'll buy it if it has Pikachu's yeah. face on it. They don't yes, have to play fair. by the other games. And, like, I know and, uh, Niantic's going to be there. Yeah. And Wizard of the Coast is probably trying to do some, like, PR cleanup. Because didn't they oh, buy their whole, Dungeons like, & Dragons and then try to, like, monetize everything? <laughs> God, what a fucking... What a shit show. Um, oh, and also, uh, Capcom announced a new showcase... But the reason I want to bring this up is because for the first time in a long time, they haven't included their, there will be no new games shown at the showcase. So they are getting ready to show us new games. Code Veronica. I don't know. Maybe nine. Yeah. I guess it has been a while. Maybe DLC. Maybe uh, um, that DLC. Uh, Ada, separate ways. Yeah, separate ways. The other game yeah. I've been playing, uh, I only played it one night. Or okay. a couple, couple hours. Uh, I played some Dead by Daylight. Oh, you did play it? Okay. I played by myself. I only played like six or seven matches. Um, it's been a long time since I've played. Um, there are a lot of like user experiences that they've changed in it that make it a lot nicer. So you know the Blood Web? Yes. If there's something you want on the Blood Web, you can just go to it and it will auto-fill that in. Okay. So you have to click each individual one. Um, when you're being carried, it's like a it's a tap instead of like a, tw- a swivel of the stick. Um, oh, I did know I did know the tap. Yeah, I, I like that a lot better. Um, I feel like it, I'm playing on PC now, so maybe that's that's part of it too. But I feel like it controls a lot nicer, even though I'm using controller. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't because my stuff that I got or all my progress that I had on PlayStation didn't come over. So it's like starting brand new. So I'm not. That's still crazy to me. That is like. Well, Destiny did the same thing, and that's freaking ridiculous. Well, but isn't Destiny? Didn't Destiny go back on that? Like, I can now play. You can play it, but you gotta buy the DLC and all that stuff again. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was like when I started like dipping my toes in again. That's what made me pull right back out because I wasn't going to drop all that money again for content that my character's already done. Man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But books, I finished two. I finished Good Omens. Um, that's not until next Saturday's book club, so I can't really talk about it. I okay. will say that I like yeah. it, and I did text you about it. I do think you should check it out. And the other one I finished uh, yesterday was, but have you read the book? Um, it's from Turner Classic Movies, and basically it's like 52 movies that were first a book, and the differences or similarities between the book and the movie. Oh, that I feel like that would be a really cool read because that's that's like the weird kind of stuff I like to read about and like yeah, know about. and it was cool too because like each movie was on like three pages. It's like a small like I call it like a bat like a shitter book, right? The books they like, yeah. sit behind the toilet, right? So it's meant like that. But I read it and I, I really enjoyed it. I'm about halfway done with the Sucky Sack House book I'm on, and then I started today, the Hero of Ages, which is the third book in the Mistborn trilogy. Man, I gotta get on that. You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking like, oh, I should get a, an audiobook or something for mm-hmm. the plane ride. But then I realized that my eyes would be bored. So yeah, you have a Steam Deck. I just <laughs> you have a Steam Deck. Well, no, I I, I just uh, I'm not actually gonna pack my Steam Deck. Oh, 
I guess you're, I'm you're being have, busy working and hanging out with Rachel like, and them. So, and I have been told that, like, I, so I'm bringing my laptop. Yes, obviously for like writing and stuff. I've been told to not actually bring it to the appointments and stuff because I will not have time to write until yeah, you mentioned that basically last I week. go to crash. Yeah, until you go back to your hotel and maybe like a notepad for like quick notes, but that's probably about it. Well, so I actually – oh, it's not down here. Um, my friend who actually listens to the show, Eric, uh, mm-hmm. he's like an audiophile. Okay. And he has like this – he has oh, this recorder, really good like so you can hand record recorder. Yourself? Yeah, so he, he lent it to me. So I like got all the stuff and batteries and stuff and so i'm just gonna walk around with it in my pocket like ready to go all right so yeah well that's all we have for what's new guys again it's a (laughs) short week but justin are you ready to talk about the last exorcism yes i am let's do it exorcism is alive and well the bible is filled with demons if you believe in god you have to believe in the devil we're looking for the sweets are farm. You want to make a U-turn, and then I want you to go back where you came from. Please, go, go! Seems like the end of the road. Mr. Sweetser? How you doing? Cotton Marcus. My wife died two years ago. It's quite a shock for now. Were you very close? She was my best friend. Somehow, the devil kind of entered. Now, can you hear so, me? The Last Exorcism... Blah, blah, blah. The Last Exorcism is a 2010 found footage horror film directed by Daniel Stamm. Uh, other films that he has directed were 13 Sins in 2014 and Pray for the Devil, which came out last year, but I never actually saw it. I That sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't think actually I ever saw it either. The film stars Patrick Fabian and Ashley Bell. Uh, Fabian's biggest role outside of this was as the lawyer Howard Hamlin in Better Call Saul, which is a show I need to watch because I, I heard. I mean, I like Breaking Bad. I heard it was amazing. Yeah. I watched the first episode. Oh, it was good. But. More, more than me. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Bell. Besides being in this and the sequel, she hasn't had any other major film roles, but she did do voice work for the video games Kingdom of Paradise. That, mm, hold on, I need to okay. do some good. That came out in uh, 2005. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know that game. Alice in Wonderland in 2010. That's based off of the Tim Burton movie. Um, 2010. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's based off the Tim Burton movie. Oh, that looks bad. Okay. <laughs> And then Sorcery in 2012. Sorcery? That sounds really familiar. Sorcery. I do none of these, but I, I know that sometimes you do, so that's why I brought them all up. I'm going to look at some pictures here. Yeah, I don't know that game. But okay. it looks cool. Shot a budget of $1.6 It grossed over $67.7 million at the box office. There is a Last Exorcism Part 2, which also stars Ashley Bell, and it was released in 2013. But I've never seen it, and from everything I can kind of see, it doesn't appear to be found footage. What? I, is it good, though? I haven't looked into it. I, I think this movie ends in a way that we don't need more. But who am I to say? I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> okay. Does it have anything on Metacritic? 
Uh, oh, I didn't even look at that. I was just looking at the Wikipedia. Uh, the oh. last. I, don't know, I feel like it's like the last exorcism you gotta like be done. But hey, Found Fantasy's on 16, so who am I? Um, ooh, 35. Oof, okay. So I have some trivia. Okay. The last exorcism used chat roulette as a medium of its viral campaign involving a girl who pretends to unbutton her top seductively, then stops and turns into a monster. At the end, a URL of the film's official website flashes on the screen. Oh, that's cool. Part of Belle's audition involved having an actual exorcism performed on her to rid her of any negative spirits. The film is part... Yeah. The film is part inspired by the 1972 film Marjo. It was a documentary that also served as an expose, shining a light on the corrupt nature of the church tent culture. While it was being filmed, the subject, Marjo Gortner, was unaware of the documentary's true intention. During the exorcism scene, Ashley Bell was able to perform all the contortionist moves on her own, thus eliminating the need for special effects or CGI. That's creepy. Yeah, I guess she actually she has hypermobility, which only like 15% of the population has. Huh. And then finally, uh, they were scripted to be barefoot most of the scene. Ashley Bell's character, no. Um, but the insurance company refused to do this because they didn't want her getting hurt. Thus, they added the boots. Interesting. Okay, well, that that's like a smart way to get around that. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do a quick summary of the plot, and then I'm going to let you take the lead on all the sections. Because I've yeah, seen this sure. several times, and I'm curious what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. The plot's real simple. It is a preacher who has fallen, who has lost his faith, who hasn't really been in the faith for a long time. Uh, you know, it, it, that is exemplified by the fact that in the mid-preach, mid-preaching, he gives his grandma's banana nut bread recipe, and everybody says hallelujah, which I just love. Like, and he looks at the camera and smiles. I just love it. But he has his film crew following him to kind of expose the hypocrisy of what he's been preaching and also of the exorcism that he performs. So they go after being contacted and he kind of lays out how he fakes the exorcism, right? Um, how everything he does from putting like uh, gunpowder in the crucifix to get a little bit of smoke coming out of it. Just everything's kind of fake. Um, the dad is hyper-religious and kind of giving off weird vibes. The brother is not friendly until he realizes that it's all bullshit then he is friendly again. Um, but basically, they perform an exorcism, and they leave. Uh, that night after they leave, Nell shows up in the preacher's hotel room. And that kind of opens up this door where they find out that she's pregnant, and they think that maybe there's something going on between her and her dad or her and her brother, or something terrible like that. Uh, and then things start getting really creepy, and Nell's acting out a lot more. There's a scene where she steals the camera and kills a cat, um, which is brutal but it doesn't show anything but it's very brutal and like what we well what, what, it does show the cat at the end yeah, it shows the beginning it shows the end and the, yeah so i guess that's true but we don't see like anything that eli roth would have done i'm dude did you see that cat <laughs> it was more like a pile of fur <laughs> with a bunch of blood <laughs> but basically the dad comes back he's pissed off and then the preacher's like let me let me try again let's do an actual exorcism yeah. Um, they come to find out that Nell 
had, or she says she had a boyfriend, and then that's his his kid. And as the preacher and them think they've kind of figured everything out, the family is calm again. the The town pastor has showed up. They stop at the coffee shop where the kid who she said knocked her up is at, and he's like, "Not only did he not have sex with her, and he barely knows her, but he's also like gay. Like it's just like it doesn't it doesn't add up." So they go back. And when they go back, they see a fire off in the woods, and they kind of chase after it. The other two filmmakers get killed brutally, off camera, but brutally. And then uh, Nell gives birth to a demon baby, and the pastor walks forward with his fake cross, trying to rid the devil. Yeah. So for plot, Justin, I have to know. Okay. I, I know I kind of talked it up. I told you this was like what was... Uh, I was really excited about doing. What do you think about this? So I actually, I, I do actually really like this movie. Okay. Um, I thought it was like an interest because you, you didn't really tell me, like you kind of told me what it was about, but you didn't like obviously mm-hmm. get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, I thought it was a very interesting premise, like that we're following this preacher who's kind of fallen through and the whole reason he's going to do this is to show them to get basically get footage of why it's a scam yes it's like expose obviously the whole because, industry yeah, i mean obviously because it's a horror movie it's you know it's of course it's the one that's real right um and i don't know i, I thought the, the plot was really interesting i th- i thought the fact that we kind of started to trust the brother yep and then that kind of came back in a big way to bite our ass to bite us in the ass mm-hmm. right at the end where in reality like we should have been listening to the like overprotective father the whole time mm-hmm. like they really did a good job of setting like the children and basically the the church the local church they set um, so many like red herrings along the way and yeah, it's and they so did so easy to get trapped and they did such a good job of like no, the dad is the bad guy. Like mm-hmm. it is the dad, the dad, the dad, the dad. To the point where I was like, "Oh, this guy's a fucking asshole!" Like fuck yeah. this guy. Until, like, even when we come in at the very end and they go back into the house, and the house is filled with like all the, the like satanic stuff, yeah. Santa, yeah, all the satanic symbols and stuff. I was like, "Oh, like." I still was like, oh, fuck, like, fuck the dad. Yeah, yeah. And it would, like, really, like, right up until we see him. Uh, Tied and like, bound, bound to the tree. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, oh, fuck. Like, no, we should have been listening to him this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I, th- I thought I thought it was awesome. I, th- I thought they did a really good job of, like, pulling off the twist. And I think whoever was in charge of casting, Castanel in, like, the perfect role, yes. like, that is she does such a good job of like selling the innocent yep and then selling the crazy mm-hmm. basically um especially during that exorcism scene that was like the the real, the real quote unquote one, yeah. real one was really really good um yeah man i don't know i just i really it dug, i dug it i like the fact that it ends very bleakly like we don't know what happens to the preacher mm-hmm. uh, well i mean obviously he's probably dead but we like I, I don't know it, it was a bleak ending in a way that like it reminded me a lot of have you ever seen hell house oh my gosh it's been so long i okay. I, I think i've i think i've seen it that sounds it's really like, familiar it's hell like house llc this, yes yes 
I think I've seen it. Okay. Well, if you haven't, you should. Because okay. the ending very much reminds me of that, where it's just kind of like everything gets because our viewpoint is from this one viewpoint and then that suddenly <laughs> that person ceases to exist. Yeah. Then <laughs> it's just like cut off and that's like the end of the story basically. I, I really enjoyed that and I don't I, I actually really really like this movie. So one that makes me happy. Uh, two as people know Blair Witch is like yes. my favorite scary like that and the faculty yeah. but if you ask me Blair Witch is my favorite scary movie of all time and what about what it is about Blair Witch is that it feels like these are real people especially yeah. seeing as a kid these are real people who are going out in the world who don't believe in something and then they get more than they bargained for the other yes. thing about Blair Witch that I like a lot too is that it's not a long movie like I feel like sometimes found yeah. footage movies get real self-indulgent it's the reason why I don't like Paranormal Activity that much because I feel like it's too long and I think this movie is like 80 minutes long it's really quick it's fast paced but we also get enough of every single character right? we get plenty with the pastor beforehand we kind of learn why he fell out of faith like, like how oh, and, like, and that's the thing is like his like whole spiel at the beginning like you'd mentioned like with the banana bread was like a perfect introduction to him like okay yeah. we immediately know like this guy's reasoning behind everything basically exactly and like when we go and meet the family like we kind of start seeing why the dad might be the way we are being thought that he is why the brother would have the feelings he has why Nell's acting it just i think when you have a found footage movie because what a found footage movie does when it's at its best is it makes you feel like you are in the scenes right you're with yes. the characters you're you're a character with them and I feel like this does a brilliant job. And I also, I like how when you go, when they go back to the house the first night and Nell's going absolutely crazy, right? Like before the second exorcism. Like okay. that feels like the climax of the movie. Yeah, like let us, uh, like when they go back and she's like standing in the hallway, yes. that, like doing that weird kind of yes. shit. Yeah. Yes. And so like when it's over and you kind of figure everything out, right? Because we, we're, people don't like people say they want to believe like, for christ's sake my x-files posters right here but at the end of the day like they logic themselves into what reality is yeah but then like they go and see the the coffee shop kid and it's like oh wait there's a little bit more and i love that i feel like it's great and i feel like we know these characters and it makes sense right because they're invested in Nell. they feel bad for Nell because this whole time we're meant to think that her dad has been molesting her yeah. And it's just the such a brutal gut punch. It's the reason why I have no interest in seeing the sequel because, like, I, similar to how I talk about other, like, or, or Blair Witch, right? Like, everyone is gone, right? Like, yeah. Or probably is I, gone. Yeah, I, I would be worried that they would somehow, like, sometimes sequels, like, tend to lessen the movies yeah. that came before them. Like, it would definitely. Like they, they show us more of the demon baby. They show us more of all this stuff. It's like, I don't need that. Yeah. What I got yeah. is what I wanted. And I also, I, I feel like the pacing is perfect. I feel like it is a great example of found footage. Like I said, if, if someone wants to know found footage, that's great. It's Blair Witch. It's this and it's Grave Encounters. And I would also add Digging Up the Marrow after you showed it to me. Because that also has that same vibe where it's like, what's really happening what's actually going on okay it's bullshit but wait is it actually bullshit and it's just i love that because found footage makes you feel like a character in this world and it yeah. makes you feel like it's your world 
And so when it starts to twist, it's fantastic. And I think that a lot of people, um, especially in our generation, we've talked about this before when Marcus was on earlier about like religion, right? How we kind of have fallen out of religion or we don't really have a strong faith, like people before us. But like, I think even then, like we, we, because we're scary people, like we kind of believe in like ghosts and the supernatural. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. But like, that's like one of the things if you believe in the devil, you gotta, like, if you believe in God, you gotta believe in the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I, I had seen this movie several times. Um, even rewatching it this time, I still was just compelled for the journey along with it. So, so no, this is, for me, this is where this movie is strongest. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree. Yes. So I gave it a 10. I gave it a 9.5. Okay. Cinematography. Go ahead. So, I don't like found footage movies. I know. <laughs> I don't like bad found footage movies. I don't like Apollo bad 14. found footage movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is not a bad one. This is actually, like, this one was easy to follow. I didn't find myself getting, like, motion sickness yes. or, like, headaches or anything, which is automatically in my book, like, <laughs> good. Yeah, it feels like um, a documentary. Like a professional yes, and it documentary. Feels, it feels less like Cloverfield and yeah, more dude, like Cloverfield. I've never finished Cloverfield because it makes me sick. I've never finished that movie. Yeah, I mean that's too much. Well, that's the thing is that and like that Apollo fucking <laughs> seven hundred, whatever the hell that movie is. I don't know the like stupid Dark yeah. Side of the Moon movie was like garbage. <laughs> and like I, I fucking hate those movies. Anyways, um, I think this is a, I think this movie knew where its budget was mm-hmm. and knew well enough to not sh- like not show anything or like promise to show anything that it couldn't deliver on correct like the biggest the thing is the fire monster well the fire yeah well and that's the thing and even that we don't really see it it's just like a giant wall of fire which was really, real with, which like, was a practical colors. effect it, perfect yeah and like we didn't see a lot of the we didn't see a lot of the demon baby we saw it from afar so it was like oh you can't really make it out which is a good thing to do when you don't have a budget correct or like when you don't have like multi million dollar budgets right mm-hmm. and I mean the fact that the exorcism stuff was like real kind of adds a creepy mm-hmm. factor to it like I that's kind of stuff icks me out yeah um and surprisingly not a lot of blood in this movie there was like one the cat like two. Yeah, there's the cat, and then when the brother gets, like, cut. Oh, that was brutal, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was brutal. Um, and I think it's it's also shot in a way that kind of, going back to plot, leads us to believe, like, it shines light on the brother and the sister and kind of, like, shows us the darker side of the dad without, like, giving in to it's the fact telling that, you the story without spoon feeding it to you yes and i think a lot of that is like in the cinematography yeah um i don't know i i think this was really like really well shot especially for like found footage movie so one of the things i love the most about found footage films post blair witch when they're done well is they find a reason to have the camera more stationary in this one, it is a professional film crew who is coming to follow this guy around to expose the church's bullshit. Yes. You haven't seen Grave Encounters, but in that one, it is a TV show where they think that ghost hunting is bullshit, but they're just selling it to an audience, right? So they have all the professional tripods. And the, okay, so it's yeah. steady. And what I love about that is not only does it make the viewing experience more enjoyable for the watcher, yeah. but when you get that final chase at the end, 
when they're like when they're running through the woods away from what's going on, like it makes it more realistic about why it's so sloppy, right? It it, yeah. it makes sense then. Um, so that's one probably really want to say there because like I think that's the biggest turnoff for found footage. What you said, it can be a headache. Cloverfield is yes. the best example. Um. The other thing I like, too, is we've seen a lot of exorcisms in a lot of movies, right? All the way back to, like, what we saw, like, in The Exorcist. And I love how in this one, as he's doing the first one, and he's explaining how he fakes his bullshit, how, like, he shows it. He does the bullshit, like, this is how I do it. And, like, it's that sleight of hand, black magic kind of stuff where it's, like, you can't see it, but this is what's actually going on. And that way... It just makes it a more enjoyable experience as you're watching the scene. Um, but similar to The Conjuring, what I want to talk about with cinematography before we move on is that because we get a tour of the house during the day, and because when it starts off at such low stakes, when we go back the second time when the night's really terrifying and the lights yeah. are all off and we're using like candles to move around the house, we know where things are at. Yes. And I think that's really well done. And then the third one, like we we, we know where we're lo- located on the farm, and I think that's smart to do, um, because that way you kind of have a re- relation with where things are at to other people. Well, and not only that, they kind of like because we see the drive up to the farm more than once. Like we see yeah. it when they're coming for the first time and mm-hmm. then leaving, and then coming back with her, and then when they're kind of going back to mm-hmm. talk to the boy at the cafe we get a sense of like how isolated they yeah. are and it, it it kind of leads some believability towards the ending scene where it's like okay how would nobody notice this oh well because they're in the middle of fucking nowhere yep like, and then that leads me to the final thing and you already kind of commented on it is just like Blair Witch I don't need to know everything I don't need to see the witch I don't need to yep. you don't need to you don't need to show me it like my mind is scary enough have it off screen have these actors show it like pulling out the demon fetus that was enough right the giant flames and everything that was enough the imp- the 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 like the, the, the dicing up of the chick producer right like we don't see it but we know what's happening like the beheading yeah. of the cameraman like that is enough you don't have to show everything sometimes leading things just off camera or implying it goes a long way and especially considering Eli Roth was attached to this the I producer like, yeah yeah yeah. I was very surprised that it did not <laughs> do that. Exactly. So for cinematography, I also gave it a 10. I've, I think this is one of the best examples of a found footage film. Yeah, I gave it a 10 as well, actually. So audio is where I had some critiques, but let's, let's see you go first. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> um, I will say it, it is nice to, again, this kind of leads into like the believability of everything. Mm-hmm. Is that it's nice to see these unknown actors and actresses right like it's, i feel like well i have some critiques on their, yeah. <laughs> their performances i think it does the film well to not have any like big name actors in it yeah it came out in 2010 uh, so we, we are well into the internet age so you can't get away with a blair witch marketing scheme again but yes. it's far easier to suspend belief or disbelief or whatever you want to say uh by not having leonardo dicaprio yeah, that yeah, I went to Tom Hanks, but yeah, Leo, yeah, yeah, okay, like, okay, exactly, like, exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's it it makes it a lot more of a 
not even like a digestible ride because I would watch the fuck out of anything, but um, especially with those two in it. But it makes it you kind of find yourself like losing yourself in in it because I don't know. It's just kind of all like like you said, it, it leads itself into like almost like a documentary feel. Yes, and it's the same with uh, the acting. Um, my issue is that the game doesn't. Or the game, mm. sorry, <laughs> um, the film itself doesn't really have a score to it see i have an alternate problem along the score so throughout most of it there's like it's just like this is found footage it's just a documentary nothing really going on and the implication is all the people died and it's found footage someone found the footage why the fuck is there that bombastic score the third act I don't remember that. Oh, dude, I was I was sitting there with Devin. I was getting angry. I was like, "Why the fuck is this?" Like, it's like it's like a big orchestral like score going on throughout the entire third act. So, maybe because the first time you watch it, you didn't notice. But I've seen it several times, and like I was distracted. Like there was gonna, just music. Me and Devin like really talking. I, I believe about you. It. In fact, I believe you to the point where I'm going to open it up <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's like this big like orchestral score going on. Um, and it makes me so mad because i found the pastor's performance to be like amazing like i want to see like i am more inclined now to go watch better call saul because i found him like just falling out of faith because of what happened to his his family and like needing the money and like just like it all that rings so true and it makes sense why he'd want to expose this to try to get not only some publicity on himself, but to get some money in for his family. Yeah. And, like, it is, I, I love his performance. Because even though he's a cynic and even though he's fallen out of faith, like, he wants to help Nell. He legitimately wants to help her. And, but he's just a man conflicted because he still takes the, the father's money because he needs it for his own kid. And yeah. so, like, I find that performance really well. I also like Ashley Bell's performance as Nell. Like, from being, like, soft-spoken and, like, calm to, like, being... I'm, I'm, I'm talking while you find the scene. <laughs> but being soft-spoken and calm, but also being crazy and, like, not being a reliable person to trust. The brother oh, going all over the place. Okay, you, you found it? <laughs> okay, yeah. It's fucking kidding. awful, isn't it? Yeah, it, I, now, because obviously the first time I watched it, I'm just like... Yeah, exactly, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, but now... Ooh. Yeah, that's it. That's makes not good. me so mad because it doesn't need to be there. It take, especially as I'm watching it critically and I'm watching it to kind of review it. It's like yeah. I love this movie. I still love this movie, but it's found footage. Why the fuck is there editing there? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you add a score into the third act? Oh man. So yeah, I, I knocked it several points for that. But as far as the performances go, like we have five main players, right? We have the producer chick. We have the pastor. The cameraman, but we don't ever really see him. We see him talk every once in a while. Then we have Nell, her brother, and her dad. And I found yeah. that they all they all played the role that they were supposed to be playing well enough that I bought in to the documentary style. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree to that. that yeah. That sounds wow, that yeah, you were not kidding no. though. That was like Yeah. I gave it a six and a half and I literally took all the points off because of that score. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I gave it a seven. I'll 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 almost <laughs> agree with your score there. Actually, right now the our averages are exactly the same. Oh, well, but now we're in how scary. So I just want to say yes. one thing, and I'm gonna have you go. Okay. Devin, because like I usually say, like on the recliner, Devin lays on the couch. 
she was freaking out during the middle sequence the return trip back to the house when the dad goes away to take the son to the hospital she was and she starts doing all the weird shit and she's seen it before and she was legitimately scared like she actually comes sit on the couch with her and so i'll just leave it at that i it's been a long time since deb has been freaked out like that yeah i mean so there are certain movies that get under your skin and it could be things that you've seen yeah and it's just like for me it is well so this isn't for me but michelle um anytime we watch digging the marrow it's the ending scene where the guy brings the video camera back and just like places it on guys you need to watch digging up the marrow that was like one of the first movies that justin's like we need to like, you need to watch this and i had never even heard of it and it is and it's insane because like i yeah. like there 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 was like a period in my life where i just like found these weird horror movies mm-hmm. and i've been all about them see and you did those ones and i that's when i found like high tension i went like the french well, foreign the film ones is that <laughs> that so uh, we, this okay uh man how old is that it was a long time ago yeah it was like 2009 uh, 2010 for me <laughs> so i was visiting let's just say a friend okay um this is before Michelle and I got together. Okay, oh, I got you. Girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, I was staying over there the night and uh, she was obsessed with like collecting movies. So we watched a bunch of movies and there were three movies we watched. We watched high tension. Have you ever seen the signal? Not the newer one, mm-hmm. but like the old, like, okay. The fantastic horror movie. I think you would love it. Um, and then uh, digging up the mirror. So for me, and it was just like those three movies. I was like, Oh man, that is like, an upperclassman gave me when I was at West Point gave me his external hard drive with a bunch of movies on it and that's when I found High Tension that's when I found um, it was oh my god what's the name of it it's a British movie and basically I forget what it's called right now but basically this girl falls in love with this guy she wants to take him to prom and he's like I already have a date and so her dad kidnaps him and like Uh, the lonely ones yeah yeah that's Ashley Johnson. Yeah, that movie is fucked. Is it the Lonely Ones? And Hatchet was the other one. <laughs> Man, I, nah, this is gonna bug me though. Is it? So, that is Ellie in The Last of Us. Is it? Um, if it's the movie I'm thinking of, yeah, The Lonely Ones or something like that. I God, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's like a British horror movie, and like she cap the dad captures them, and like, like they have prom at her house or whatever, and he's like, like nailed to the chair is that the lonely ones film it's 2006 yeah oh never mind it's not the lonely ones what's it called hold on it might not be the lonely ones <laughs> but i know the 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 cover art is her in a crown yes. with a drill aimed down. Dad captures boyfriend for daughter. Prom. The loved or, one. The loved, the loved one. Yes. Is that Ashley Johnson? No, it is it? Robin McLevy. Mm. Anyway, fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. But yes, all right, so back to this. Uh, you were saying about how scary this movie is for you. Yes, so I actually, um, there were parts of this movie that I found 
disturbing mm-hmm. and there were parts that i found scary and then there were parts that i found not so much or funny um, <laughs> yeah which recipe, is obviously was... the fake the, the fake exorcism <laughs> yeah. was hilarious uh and the banana bread was hilarious <laughs> but it kind of like it it happens in such a way that you kind of like let your guard down a little yes. bit and then it like seeks it like sneaks its way under your skin uh and i think it did a great job of doing that because the cat scene was it was a lot horrifying. i forgot about that until we watched yeah, it, it was a time. lot it was a lot it was a lot but whatever it you know yeah i just I like kid totally death it, sometimes it. in horror movies kid death and animal stuff is just bound and to it's funny when we reviewed pet cemetery remake we the kid death didn't bother us because that movie was literally that movie was fucking garbage white bread <laughs> like, toast yeah that was i not even burnt just i kind of forgot i watched that movie yeah. until you just mentioned it <laughs> uh funny because when we recorded that we also forgot we watched. We did it. Um, that was that is one of our worst episodes ever <laughs> yeah well we, you know we weren't exactly going into it uh with uh having watched the greatest content no um but no i i think the last exorcism does a good job of like slow like it's like you said it's not a long movie but it kind of sets itself up in a way to very early on have you lower your defenses and then it slowly sinks its way in to the point where when they do go back to the house and the dad leaves and Nell is doing the creepy shit, it's fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Like, when she's, like, walking up to him and it, I'm assuming about to hit him with the camera and kill him mm-hmm. and the, like, producer comes in, uh, that was fucking terrifying when the, like, real exorcism happens. It was, like, it's something like guttural and terrifying happened there. Like this movie does a very good job of like, it never does anything that makes it seem like out of the realm of possibility. Correct. And partially I would have to say that is because the practical effects. Yes. Practical and the fact that they, all the way. well, and, and the fact that like Nell could do those body movements mm-hmm. really helped lend itself like to the, realness of everything um no I, I i think this movie does a really good job of like getting under your skin being terrifying and kind of leaving it in a way that should have been left alone you should have been left alone um but but left it in a way that is just makes you feel like dread yes like fuck and see, yeah. those are the kind of books I'm seeking out too. Like, like when I'm trying to find like horror books, that's the horror I'm looking for. So, but yeah, um, I agree with everything you said. Like, when it comes to Blair Witch, one of the things I like about it the most is the movie starts off so lighthearted. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're just like, "Fuck, that went off the rails." And this one, I think, does a brilliant job of like kind of making it light, and we know it's going to go some scary places because it's a horror movie, but like. It starts yeah. off so lighthearted, and like the pastor is so likable and relatable that we like, like you said, we let our guard down, and it's kind of calm. That first arc is kind of culminated by the fake exorcism, right? Where it's like yeah. here's all the bullshit, and then we have that second arc, which is like when they come back to the house and the dad leaves and assists them with Nell, and like we see the chains on the bed and like all the implications. And like her going around and the murder of the cat, and it's just all this stuff is just making you feel like gross. And you see her new paintings on the wall, which shows them all like the the crew like dying in different ways. But that happens far enough away that by the time we get to the third act, 
and we realize that we've been fed lies the whole time and we think that dad's the bad guy and we're just ready to go along with it and the pastor's involved in some way we get to that final act and we know because of those pictures yeah. that it, it also it's a found footage movie that not even that score could ruin like you said just the dread the moment they get out of that car and they pull in there we know that they're doomed and that's a really fun is the wrong word it is a feeling that we don't get in a lot of horror films because we're always ready for like the saving grace like the conjuring right like we know that they're going to figure a way to do it evil dead rise which we just watched and reviewed right it's one of the things that makes the mist that we just reviewed a couple weeks ago so powerful was like like that fucking sucks like that is that fucking like it's like it's like or even seven like we've done a lot of these movies recently where like it's not a happy ending where it's a brutal realistic ending and there's something about that that i just really like um is this the scariest thing ever no but for having watched this as many times as i have and to still get the heebie-jeebies and same for Devin. like she's seen this several times before because one of my favorites like it, it means something when people who are kind of like like you and me who can watch a horror film and get that kind of crawl. So, yeah. Is it the scariest thing ever? No, but I, I do think it's good. I gave it an 8. I gave it an 8 as well. I thought it was really... I thought it conveyed the point, and it did enough to, like, make you feel the heebie-jeebies, but not so much that it, like, over overexerted itself to the point Like, paranormal activity. Like, okay. activity goes yeah, where too it's like, hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin, we actually ended up with the exact same composite score, so the our average score is the same score we each gave it. I don't think oh, that's nice. happened for a very long time. <laughs> but for plot, I gave it a 10. You gave it a 9.5. For cinematography, we both gave it 10. For audio, I gave it a 6.5. You gave it a 7. And for how scary, we both gave it 8. That gives it a Here's Johnny final score of an 86.3, so an 86. Um, oh, wow. It's a... Uh, it's actually in some good company here. Okay. So it's close to the top, but it is tied with Alien Isolation, The Last Door. Remember that? Yeah. And The Witch. Okay. I can get behind that. The films below it are The Faculty, The Omen, The Perfection, Revenge, and Us. And the films above it are Ex Machina, God, that's another great movie, Halloween 2018, and Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman is That was so good. That was so much fun. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time, actually, like since we watched it. But (laughs) But that is our review of The Last Exorcism. Everyone, thank you for hanging out with us. We're going to play a quick commercial and then head on into the closing. Ghosts, split souls, monsters, sociopathic villains, cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. The next movie is House of the Devil. Have you seen it? No, I have not. I haven't either. Oh, 
Okay. So we're both going into this one cold. Okay, okay. I will also warn you, I am going to be watching this movie <laughs> the day I get back, which is the day before we record. That's fine. I'll wait till that night, too, then, to do it. Okay. We'll do the same I gotta time, see, then. I'm going to House of the Devil, right? Yep. I'm just making sure I can... I have it from the library, so it's chilling here. Let me see. Oh, yep. Yeah, I can watch it on Shutter, AMC. We're good. I've heard many good things about it, but I don't know a lot about it, so... Okay. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited. It's not very often where you and I both don't know anything, so it should be cool. Yeah. Um, and then kind of giving everybody a little bit of rundown in the next few weeks. Then we're doing Insidious, another James Wan, little Darth Maul action. Oh. <laughs> I am not yeah. looking forward to seeing the uh, the grandma on the window. Ugh. Literally, yeah. I I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was like having a good time because it was like it's a like jumpy, but it's not scary. And they yeah. put that fucking witch in the window, and I didn't sleep the rest of the night. So that'll be fun. And then we have Outlast 2. We should see if oh, Shannon to come on for us. Because that's her fourth yeah. entry, and she was on for the first Outlast. We should have her on for the second one, and she's down for it. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have to I probably start that soon. Man, there's so much stuff I'm planning on starting it next week. Like, getting through this week, enjoying the things I'm working on, and doing it next week. That's my plan, at least. Okay, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll start next week. We'll see. Final Fantasy and everything. I know, I know, I know. But, Justin, that's all we have for this week. I want to wish you, uh, well, you you already have traveled, but safe travels. Oh, thank you, thank you. And uh, we're going to head to the campfire. Everyone, thanks for hanging out with us, and until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. You guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tears, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Mm-hmm.